0: Before you turn back to Ephesians 1, I wanted to turn back the clock a little bit and go back to Genesis 6. Genesis 6, we see that there's a a little bit of a problem. Um, Verse 5, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth and was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I've created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creepy things and birds of the sky. For I am sorry that I have made them. But, no, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. I could be reading about today. Reading that statement. And this is 5,000 years ago that this was written. Let, let that sink in a little bit. Um, that the intent and the thoughts in the hearts of men were evil continually. Um, It used to be that we kind of knew that, and maybe there were a few people who said something or interviewed or sang songs about it. But now we have, you know, this new awesome vehicle, you know, and, and social media and phones where people can just say whatever they want let you know exactly how they feel what they think what's on their minds and information is is global and we're seeing that what's actually on the hearts and mind of man mostly and continually is is evil is wickedness is turning their eyes from the lord and so we saw in Noah's day that, that the Lord found mercy. He found grace on mankind because of this one guy, Noah, who still was not sinless and required God's grace. But, but God had a plan then to, to restore um, mankind by, by creating a judgment, by creating the flood and, and and you want to talk about repurposing, um, restarting the earth. Well, the problem continued. Um, you just, you, you can't legislate morality. Never have, never will. This is why mm-hmm. politics will and can never be the answer. Uh, when, when, again, and we mentioned this a, f- a few months ago, uh, politics and, and civil laws are are laws that are created to morally live amongst each other. By definition, laws and, and politics are, are in competition with, with God's moral law. And those are written by sinful men, written by sinful people who are not uh, above being corrupt and thinking selfishly of themselves. And so you can't legislate morality. Way back in the Old Testament, God gave uh, Israel, God gave mankind the law, right? The Ten Commandments. Then he followed up with, with um, Leviticus and Deuteronomy to remind people, okay, let's get some more detail on how we should then live in a, in a, in a holy way. God created a process of atonement for sin. When you break the law, there's a there's a process to to atone. There's a process to pay for that and the, it's it's called the the blood, you know, the blood altar sacrifice. It's it's a substitutionary atonement process the the lamb would substitute for you. The blood would act as a payment for your sin. God gave Israel holy leaders holy men, prophets, priests. God created a community. Israel was to keep themselves holy and separate from the other pagan nations. Later, we see the church being established as a separation. God gave us Jesus. Jesus walked the face of the earth, showing the way, being the example Back today we you know you might wear a bracelet. what would Jesus do right? why because that's how we should live like Jesus he, he gave us an example and yet we continue personally, individually and collectively to sin. We, we have a problem we have a sin problem but God had a master plan. God had a master plan from the beginning. There was a symbol of that master plan, the altars and the the lambs and the calf sacrifices. And that master plan was to send His Son to die on the cross to pay the price for our sin, to rise again on the third day, sealing the fate of redemption. And so today we... We take a look and, and we, we, we discover and uncover this great mystery. For, for so long, redemption was, 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 was a mystery, even to the people of God. They were, they were still in the dark. For a couple thousand years now, we've had Christ on earth. We've had the holy scriptures. We have the Bible that's been placed in our hand, and we still have mystery. But there's some revealing of that mystery here in in Ephesians chapter 1. And we see this in three ways. We see it, one, through the meaning of redemption. We have to understand the meaning of redemption. Two, the elements of redemption. And then three, the grounds for redemption. And so again, we, we, we can't be flippant. We can't be flippant about our understanding of... Of God's way, of God's plan. Um, if we lose our understanding of of what God has intended, th- there's there's a there's an effect to that. So so we have to be diligent. We have to be diligent, like the Bereans, to study the Scriptures to see if it's so. We need to write the law of the Lord on our hearts, as a frontal of our on our foreheads, like Deuteronomy six. Uh, and seven teaches us, because if we lose our understanding of even simple words like redemption, well then we lose our very foundation we, we lose the foundation of our faith and we when we lose the foundation, then we lose confidence right and that 's the picture of Jesus being the cornerstone, the picture of the foundation when the when the earth shakes, right what happens you Curl up in a ball and give up you or no, you have confidence, right? Cause you know the truth, you know, your foundation, you don't lose confidence. We have direction so that we don't get lost. Uh, Susan and I were talking this morning, you know, Satan's tactics. He doesn't, he doesn't just set like, you know, one big giant bear trap, right? There's this bear trap, just right out your front door. You know, you see it and you go, oh yeah, that's, I'll just step over that. No, there's big bear traps, little bear traps, medium bear traps. You know, they're hidden, they're under the bed, they're in the shower, they're in the garden, they're at work, they're all over the place. All he asks, he doesn't have to just win in one way. There's a million different ideologies and concepts and false religions and false ideas. And so if we don't have our understanding, our foundation of our confidence, then we lose direction and we can just follow the way of the new trend. Um, one of the things we talked about in seminary all the time, if it's new, it's probably not true. Okay, people have been studying God's word for a long time. We're not the first. Okay, uh, you, you can have God's word and not have electricity and do just fine. You don't need a computer. Okay. You don't need to speak English. Here's a shocker. You don't have to be American, um, to know your Bible. Heck we, we struggle now. We're at a point now where, because we don't have real understanding that we don't even know how to explain the gospel. Ask, People, basic question: What's the gospel? I'm talking about pastors, elders. Not, not that 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 word is is that they don't they come up with all kinds of crazy different things. So it's important for us that as we study this, that that we're diligent and that we really understand. There's a a point and a purpose. This is not just an academic exercise. This is to strengthen our faith. This was written to a specific church, a church that wouldn't be much different than us, just just trying to make it, right? Just trying to love God, learn about the Lord and how we shall then live and, and make it through this dark world that loves to sin, that loves to be corrupt, that has the intention of being corrupt, so the first uh, mystery that we want to see about redemption revealed is we, we, we want to understand, well, what is the meaning of redemption? And we want to look back at verse 7. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. I, I, I love these sentences in the Bible uh, that will just like tie it up so nicely. Now we have, you know, sermons and big giant books written about, you know, one word redemption. And then there's these, these sentences that really self-define, right? It's self-evident that, okay, here's redemption. Okay. It begins with, it's in him. So, So before we even take one tiny step forward, You have to understand it's not about you. You don't have anything to do with redemption. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. You didn't buy it. Um, It's in Him. He is the driving force behind what redemption is and how we even define redemption. We define it in Him. Um, He freely gives this redemption according to His riches. God is the ultimate source. Um, It's through His blood. God doesn't ask you to sacrifice your life or some kind of blood ritual. He doesn't ask you to bring a sheep or a pigeon or a calf or a bull. Hebrews clearly Reminds us that he did, he didn't need that he didn't require the the blood of goats and bulls, and so the meaning then of of redemption again we see is it's the forgiveness of sins. Redemption is about the forgiveness of sins, and let's not sugarcoat it. Uh, we like to sugarcoat. It. Well, you know what? I grew up and you know I wasn't such a, a good guy, and I I did some bad things and. Um, you know, I I, I was troubled. Now, you're a sinner. You sinned. The phrase here is trespass, right? The signs are all up. Do not enter. Do not touch. Don't cross the line. Don't pass go. Don't collect 200, right? The rules are all there. And you saw the line. You saw the fence. You saw the game go. Not for me. I'm going to trespass. I'm going to past that. We, we see the the signs today, right? No trespassing. What does that mean? Don't go there. I think I've mentioned this before. When I drive down, you know, Isco Hobart road and you know, we, we see the big area and there's, you know, it's, there's a forest over there and the elk jump over there and they go in there. What's in there. And there's signs like every 20 feet, no trespassing, no trespassing, no trespassing. That makes me want to go see what's there. <laughs> it's not trespassing. I'm just curious, right? Who would know? I mean, you know, um, well, there is an eye in the sky, actually. And no trespassing means don't do it. It's rule. It's law. And when you do that, it, it, again, we, we, we want to say, well, I, was just, I just wanted to see. No, you're sinning. You're violating the law of God. Um, and so, this redemption is the forgiveness. It's a pardon of of that trespass. the The idea then of redemption has has a, a another component to that. So it's redemption has the idea of this exchange. To you you have to exchange exchange what exchange uh, money exchange something of value. And so, you know, maybe if you're a a coupon shopper and I don't know that they even do a lot of coupons nowadays, you know, the, the, our grandkids won't even know what a coupon is. Um, I actually used to be in the coupon business and the idea of the coupon was you had this little coupon and you would redeem the coupon, right? For stuff, maybe as, $3 $3 off of cocoa puffs or, you know, maybe 20% off at Jiffy Lube, but you would redeem it. Well, what were you doing? You were exchanging this redemption coupon for straight up cash, right? You know, it acted as money. It acted as a payment in the Bible. We, we see, and we, we just sang about it, the, a ransom. The idea of a ransom was you have to buy back, <clears throat> that 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 family member that child right you, it's ransom I'm not going to give you your son until you pay me this is the idea of 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 redemption it's you're buying back spiritually it's it's vindication it, it's for for a violation of sin you're 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 getting things right it, it's not a money exchange it's absolution it's it's as defined here forgiveness What am I being redeemed from? I'm being redeemed from my sin. I'm being redeemed and I'm being forgiven. I'm being forgiven. That's what redemption is. It's it's not a glorious health, wealth, and prosperity life. That's not what redemption is. Redemption is payment for sin. You don't go to hell. That's what you're being redeemed from. And I, and I love the, the, this phrase here. In him we have redemption through his blood. It's his blood. It's in him. It's not you. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Uh, again, grace is... We're saved by grace. It, it's, it's by faith. It's through faith. It's a free Gift given from God. So God has this gift of, of grace. This, this gift of grace is kind of like acts as that, that coupon card, right? Well, I have a coupon. I have a, 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 an atonement card. Um, and he's rich in this grace. Again, maybe some of you don't remember, but it used to be kind of a cool thing. You know, A, a, a good wifey would have a little box, You know, maybe a shoebox, maybe card catalog it. You know, by you know, different. You know, this is the cleaning products. This is the, the food. This is the whatever. And she had like, I mean, if she was like rich in coupons, she had a a, a you know like a little box like that big. The, the idea here is that 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 God is is rich in His grace. <clears throat> and so what's the point in the meaning then of redemption to purchase back the debt of sin? To reconcile the books, the ledger, right? To zero it back out. This is how God planned to fix corruption. This is God's plan to fix sin. Flooding the earth doesn't work, right? Blood of goats and bulls doesn't work. This was God's plan. Well, the second mystery that we see here is the elements then of this redemption. The elements, uh, again, back to verse 7, in him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things upon the earth in him, in him. So we see, okay, here's the elements. We're going to see three elements. We're going to see a redemption price, redemption results, and then uh, the reason for redemption. So in verse seven, the the redemption price, we already touched on this, is the blood it's 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 through his blood the crucifixion the crucifixion of jesus christ was the payment for sin the the symbol of of the of the lamb being slain then becomes jesus is the lamb being slain it's a substitute substitutionary atonement we we had the history of the altar Uh, Israel had the history of understanding Passover, right? So if you didn't quite understand that the the substitute was this lamb or this bull, then here was Passover to remind you, well, it's the blood, right? The blood that was put over the doorpost and the passing over of judgment was what was taking place in Passover. And then the, the Israelites and, and God had established different festivals and different feasts and different events so that people would be reminded the day of atonement. People would be reminded that the requirement for redemption is through blood. Through blood. That's, that's the way it's always been. There's always been a requirement of death. The death then is the blood. The blood is, is the payment for the sacrifice that's being made. That's the price. It's a high price. It, it, it's it, the 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 day of atonement was an absolute bloodbath. <laughs> you, you, I don't think we could handle the visual of that. We're we're too you know cityfied. You, even our rugged boys here would probably struggle a little bit. It was, an, I mean, the, the lavers were huge and big where the priests would have to wash up because the blood was everywhere. And then the graphic picture again of, of seeing a, a, a human on a cross with, with railroad spikes put in them, being whipped to the point of almost death, bloods everywhere. This Jesus's crucifixion was graphic, absolutely graphic. That was the price. It was a high, high price, but that's the key element. Uh, What was the result of that? Again, the result then is the exchange. The exchange of our sin. We, there's a wage required to pay for sin. What is that wage that Romans tells us? In Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So, So you earn your death because of your sin. Your 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 sin is your sin has a bank account, right? And, and the requirement and the payment then is, is death. It's the same thing that we saw back in the garden when, when God tells Adam and Eve, You will surely die. Of course, God was talking about spiritual death. That, that sin, that the the price for sin is death and separation from God. Um But the the redemption ransoms that back. It reconciles us. And and I love verse 8. Verse 8, again, reemphasizing that that He he freely bestows His his grace on us. And and He does it with the riches of His grace. And then more in verse 8, He lavishes this upon us. Now... I don't know how many of you use that phrase lavish. It's just not really a term we use all that often. You know why? Because we're not lavish people. Sorry. Um, we're, we're, we're not dripping in wealth, right? Cause that's the idea with, with lavish. The idea with, with lavish is it's so luxurious, so costly. It's it's heaping or, or a shower, exceedingly unordinary. It's lavish. Again, that doesn't really describe us. Uh, we have some stuff, maybe some nice things, but we we're, we're not lavish in 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 our in our in our wealth and what we have. Well, he pours this out because because God's. Grace is luxurious. It is heaped in an extra, unordinary way upon mankind. The result then is total vindication. Total vindication. Hebrews says that Christ died once for all. We don't come to the altar once a year in the Day of Atonement. Why? Because... Jesus' one time death, one time payment of sin is the result. So we have complete redemption. And again, the reason, the reason. Verse 9, he made known to us the mystery. This was a mystery. What's the mystery? Well, how are we saved? The mystery is, God, I don't know who I am or who you are. How did I get here? Things are all messed up, right? These are the, the, the questions that mankind asks. And if man would understand, well, there is a God, and I worship that God, and and God, you have laws, and I've been following the laws. And um, But how does this work? Explain it to me again, that, that if I put a lamb on a rock and slay it that I'm forgiven of my sins. That seems kind of weird. I just barbecued last week and I put an animal on a rock and slay it. I wasn't forgiven for that. I'm confused, right? I'm I, I remember for me a big stumbling block when, when, when I first became a believer was I just, I don't understand why Jesus, had to do that Why didn't he just keep the system the way it was, right? Why did he have to do that? This is mysterious to the end. And why is a blood sacrifice the payment for my wrongdoings for my sin? It's, it's mysterious. It's always been mysterious. And so God wants to make this mystery known. He made known to us the mystery first of his will of his will, not your desire. You did not have a desire to find God to be saved. This is his desire. This is his will. That's part of the mystery. Part of the mystery is it's not through me. It's through him. Now that's a hard pill to swallow, right? I do everything, especially as a good American right? I'll earn it. Freedom. Capitalism. I, 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 I. Hear the problem there? No, it's he, 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 he. In Ephesians 1, him, not I. There's no I's in here. The mystery is his will according to his kind intention. God is good. God is gracious. God is loving. It's rich. It's lavish. But but, but what about... There's no buts. He is kind. You may think you're kind. You may think you're good. You're not. You're desperately sick and wicked. Jeremiah 17.9 I was having a conversation earlier this week about... Uh, Seattle's Union Gospel Mission, a, 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 an organization that I worked for, a, a, a cause that I cared about. And it's like, you know, the kind intention is to help homeless people. The question is, does it? Is it actually creating the opposite effect? Um, when God's kind intention is a kind intention. It works. Redemption is made, which he purposed in him. So the mystery then is this redemption is in him, from him, through him, by him, his purpose, his will, not altars, not church membership, not earned by his will. His intention He purposed. So finally, we then see the grounds. What is the grounds for this redemption? Again, we see kind of three little points here. His reason is reason for inheritance, a, a guarantee of inheritance, and a goal. So the first reason we see is, uh, back to verse 11, also, we have obtained an inheritance. So not only have we received Redemption. It was forgiveness of all your sins not enough? I mean, that's a pretty good thing, right? Just good week, redeemed from all my sins, past, present, and future. Well, also, also, we, we got something else for you. There, there's more. Remember, rich grace, lavish. Um, verse eleven. Also, we have obtained an inheritance. Hmm. How? having been predestined according to his purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will to the end that we who were first in to hope in Christ should be to the praise of his glory in him you also after listening to the message of truth i always love that statement There's a lot of lies out there. There's a lot of false teaching. There's a lot of deception. This is the true message. No no more mystery. This is how redemption works, right? The gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge, our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Well, what's happening here? Well, the first grounds for redemption and our re and the reason for our inheritance is this, this divine perspective. Perspective. We, we have to understand the mystery we we have to understand how this works if this works because of you then you do you right i mean that's the phrase we hear nowadays hey you, you do you what does that mean it means you do it your way you're your own god you're you're autonomous you make the rules you make up what's right and wrong in your own eyes. You do you and you live, you go live. I'm sure everybody else will be blessed by, by your autonomous zone, right? Your, your aura is going to be beautiful for all of us. No, that's, that's not what it says. The divine perspective then here is it's all him. It's all him. So he says, Well, we have obtained this inheritance, not just forgiveness of sin, but a future inheritance, having been predestined. So there's a predestiny. What's this predestiny founded in? It's founded in and according to. His purpose. Who is he? He's the one who works all things after the counsel of his will. Okay. We're we're, we're going slow here because this is big stuff. Okay. We've only been fighting about this for a couple thousand years. So let's slow down and smell the coffee here. What's happening at this, this moment? God's trying to teach us how this works. God's trying to unveil the mystery to us. Is God preeminent? That, that means is, is He the supreme being? Is He the author of everything? Yes. Uh, is, is, does God have authority? Does He have the jurisdiction? Does He have the headship over everything? Yes. Is God omniscient? Is He all knowing of all things? Yes. Is God's righteousness worthy? Who is worthy to break the seal? Right. Only God. Only God. Um, is God holy? Because this this is a this is the the lie of Satan that creeps in everywhere. That creeps in even our theological questions. Really is well. I wouldn't do it that way. God, God wouldn't do it that way because I wouldn't do it that way. God probably wouldn't do it that way. So God probably didn't do it that way. So let me reinvent the wheel here. Even though that's not what it says, um, God is holy. He's good. He's kind. And then by the way, don't forget who you are. You are not righteous. I'm not righteous. Hebrew or or Romans 3.10. None are righteous. No, not one. Romans doubles down. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our, Our minds are twisted and warped by sin of corruption. We have human depravity. So in light of God's preeminence, His authority, His omniscience, His righteousness, His holiness, who do I trust? You or Him? I like you, but I don't trust you. I don't trust me. I don't trust my own sinful intentions. I have to cross-check myself with what God's Word is saying because I have to be careful that the lies creep in. And so the grounds of redemption are all him. Look at the the chapter, the verses, verse four, verse five, verse 11. We are chosen. We're chosen. Well, when were we chosen? Well, before anything even existed, you were chosen. I don't know that I like that idea, right? I don't know that I like the ramifications of that idea. Again, in our, in our humanity, what am I saying Saying I don't like the team God chose. I don't like the process that God uses of choosing part of the mystery is we don't fully understand and comprehend it. We, we don't, we just know that it happens. We, we know when it happened before the foundation of the world. Um, the Bible tells us that um, and we know that there's a choosing. I, I was thinking about this yesterday it's like, you know, I remember when I was young and, and playing baseball and, and, and as I was getting better and had a desire to play professional baseball and, and then I got hurt and it looked like it was all over. It was all done. And out of nowhere you know you get a call from a from a school and it's this little private Christian school the last place in the world I would have ever thought I would have gone to the last place in the world I would have ever wanted to go to it was beneath me From a sports standpoint, spiritually, I had no desire or concept for it. The school reached out and chose me. I didn't call them. They called me. Um, There's a, a, a choosing that happens according to His purpose. God has a purpose. His counsel, His will. Think of just chapter 1 in Ephesians. This is what we've seen God lavishly pour out on us. He graced us with every spiritual blessing. What? T- one spiritual blessing? No. Verse 3, every spiritual blessing. Um, he makes holy and blameless us. Us, this sinful, depraved individual that we are, He makes holy and blameless. The idea there's without stain, without sin. He does that through Christ, through the blood of Christ. Uh, he adopts us. You know, a, a, a passage I, I can't read enough of is, is Romans 8, verse 6. For the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. That's when we try to think humanly, it's actually hostile to God. For it does not subject itself to the love of God, for it is not even able to do so. We can't even understand these mysteries. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh. How so? But in the spirit. How so? If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of God, he does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you through, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. Now here's this beautiful picture. So then brethren, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you are putting to death, the deeds of the body, you will live for all who are being led by the spirit of God. These are sons of God, for you have not received a spirit of slavery, Leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption. We've been adopted as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The most intimate of sentiments that the Greek has is this Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. God doesn't look at this relationship as you're a slave and He's the master. He looks at this relationship, which he lavishly bestows upon us as an adoption. He picks you. He chooses you. Now it may seem unfair that he didn't pick, sorry guys, them, right? Why didn't he pick them? He doesn't owe any of us anything. We're all sinners. The wage of our sin is death. We deserve, we all deserve hell, eternal hell. It's amazing. It's a miracle. It's it's mysterious that he would pick anybody. But to say it's not fair, the only unfairness is that you got picked. (laughs) Not that they didn't. You didn't earn it. How does this happen? By the redemption of blood. We get forgiveness of sin. This is how the mystery is named, made known to us. And then we obtain an inheritance. Well, this then is how our hope comes. Verse 12, to that end, we who were the first to hope in Christ. Our hope, our hope, our hope. We tend to look at the at the... The tangible part of it, which is the heaven. No, the hope is in Christ. You get heaven because your hope is in Christ. And that's why in Christ, verse 12, we give him praise and glory. And so, how do we understand this this reason for our inheritance, this grounds for redemption? Well, it begins and ends with understanding that it's all in and through him. A human perspective just can't understand this. We cannot understand this. This inheritance of hope. But this is how we can appreciate it. And this is how then, how we have a guarantee of inheritance. If the guarantee of inheritance was based on you, then what you do today or tomorrow may eliminate that inheritance? Well, what do we see in the scriptures? Verse 14, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance. Your inheritance spiritually is a pledge. Well, this is a legal term. This is a legal understanding of what this, this pledge is. And we've studied this in, in revelation where, you know, you have the signet ring and the signet ring was placed on the seal right? And that seal closed the envelope. You couldn't open the envelope because you're not the owner. And so only the owner can open that. Well, part of what they would do is with the pledge, they would have the same thing with the ring. It's by this pledge that I make this promise. There it is set in wax, set in stone. This, this pledge does not get eliminated. It's a binding, contract. By the way, this pledge, this pledge is made by blood. It's a covenant. It's a covenant pledge. That's why the inheritance is guaranteed. God's using here a a legal term and God does this all the time. He uses uh, legal terms in, in judgment in adoptions, a legal term. Covenant is a legal term. This is a financial instrument that we're talking about today. They say, look, this is sealed as a pledge. Your inheritance, inheritance is sealed as a pledge. Some of you have either received an inheritance or sat down with a financial planner and written a pledge. And what are you doing when you do that? When you sit down with your financial planner, Advisor, you sit down and go, this is what we're going to contract that is going to happen with my estate when I die. So there's no arguing. There's no debating. It's a pledge. It's a guarantee. It's a legal binding instrument. And God is saying, in Him, we have a pledge <clears throat> of redemption. So again, the The goal of our inheritance is to be redeemed through Him. Not not through ourselves, through Him. Um, And again, that's why it's part of the mystery that it's all in Him. It's all His will. uh, He writes the will. You don't write the will as the beneficiary. Somebody else writes the will. Don't don't let that get lost in this concept, in this picture that that God is making, not me. Um, So we're tied to this as adopted sons, as legal heirs now, as legal heirs, um, heirs of God. So the grounds or the purpose of redemption is to receive God's kind intention to inherit this lavish reward according to his willful predestined purpose again the idea of of being predestined or foreknowledge is still a, a great mystery to us exactly how it works we we see pictures of this though we we see a lot of this idea and concept throughout throughout the scripture. We we see it with Genesis 12 when God tells Abraham, right? He makes Abraham a covenant promise that I will bless you. I will bless you. Uh, I I will bless the nations and and I will provide a seed. Okay. That's God's foreknowledge. That's his predestination telling Abraham that he is going to provide him the seed, which was Jesus, that he's going to make him a nation forever, which stands to this day, and that he would bless the nations. Welcome. Here we are. The nations being blessed. God's promise was kept because he foretold it. He predestined it. God told Moses what he was going to do to Pharaoh and what Pharaoh was going to do before Pharaoh did it, right? That was his foreknowledge of knowing what was going to happen. God told the prophets about the Messiah coming over and over and over again. The Messiah came just as God had foretold and told the prophets. God told Daniel that these nations, these great, big, giant, amazing nations would rise and fall. And guess what happened to to the Babylonians, the Medes, the Persians, the Romans, the, the Greeks? They rose and they fell just like God said. Um, Acts two gives us another little another little glimpse <clears throat> to help our human minds understand. This. Acts two twenty three. This man delivered up was delivered up by the predetermined plan and the foreknowledge of God. This is divine. Jesus' crucifixion was ordained was a predetermined plan by the foreknowledge of God. So that's the best that we can define and describe. Look at Ephesians 1, look at some of these key verses, and understand then that the mystery of redemption is entirely found in Him. And that is a mystery, because even to this day, we still struggle with this concept of idea that we by some way, shape or form have something to do with it. And we don't, we have something to do with our love reciprocation and our response back to our father, but not for admittance, not for admittance. He does that. And that was part of his redemptive plan. Let's pray.